Plenty to talk about on this preview episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. There's news about Chris Godwin. There's still more news on the injury front. We have a couple of voicemails that we're going to tackle. And of course, we're going to give our predictions. All that and more on this episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch every day free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Make sure you subscribe at the YouTube channel. We certainly appreciate it. And we are James Yarko and David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82. And at Bucks underscore Nation. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I am loving it. And of course, a big thank you to Bucks fans for making the Lockdown Bucks podcast first listen or view. Every single day today, we're talking about some injury reports as we have them. Again, a final injury report will come out Friday to give you all the definitive answers you need before your Buccaneers travel to the nation's capital to face off against the Washington football team. But James, already we know no Chris Godwin to practice Wednesday or Thursday, and he was a surprise addition to the injury report. He wasn't on there before the Saints game. Nothing that really came out of the Saints game was definitive about him being injured, but then there he is with a foot injury, and then, like we just said, not practicing. Antonio Brown uh, had a helmet on, no walking boot on Thursday, so that's good. He was only catching passes from the jugs machine, but was not participating in any other individual drills or team drills, so still not a whole lot of definitive answers there. And then, of course, Jason Pierre-Paul with the the worst injury of his career, which is amazing uh, to hear a guy with his pedigree and his his tenure in the NFL talk about not practicing again. Still no timetable on Rob Gronkowski and when he'll rejoin Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. Richard Sherman, a full go on Wednesday. Again, no update on his status, but it does appear that he's participating in practice and may be good to go for this Sunday to uh, to counter the best cornerback in the National Football League all of a sudden, Jamel Dean. Um, whether or not he's going to be involved is obviously going to be a big question as they face uh, a watch football team that, quite honestly, nobody is probably going to predict will win but they're not devoid of talent. So definitely not, you know, just like pretty much every other NFL team, not a team that anybody should be sleeping on a trap game, uh, so to speak, if the Buccaneers come in thinking they're just going to have a walk in the park. Yeah, it, it, certainly the Chris Godwin news was not something the Buccaneers fans wanted to hear after the first practice following a bye week. Um I still think that Chris Godwin is one of those players that he could go all week without practicing and still show up and play on Sunday. Certainly. Um, Really depends on the severity of the foot injury, right? We haven't gotten any information on the severity of the foot injury, what the nature of the foot injury is. So it's something to monitor. I was, I would say that if the bucks could survive a game without Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown, it would be this week against the league's worst pass defense. Uh, But it is encouraging to see that Richard Sherman is is a full go at practice. I think he's going to play, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's going to play as much as Jamel Dean, but I would say he'll play more than half the snaps on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, it's not going to be a situation like it was in New Orleans where he was dressed, 
but it was in case of emergency, right? So no Antonio Brown this week, no Gronk. I I still think JPP will play. I don't think we're going to see him practice again this season. Uh, he'll, He'll save himself for Sundays. This could also potentially be a game where he could sit out and it wouldn't really hurt the Bucks too much. Uh, but yeah, certainly concerned about the uh, the Chris Godwin injury. But on the flip side, I am encouraged by the news about Antonio Brown that came out on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and you're right. Like potentially Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Jason Pierre-Paul, Rob Gronkowski, they could all theoretically sit out this game uh, and the Buccaneers still be fully capable of pulling out a win. I mean, this is a Washington football team that has lost games to Teddy Bridgewater uh, and the Denver Broncos with Jerry Judy returning for his first action uh, since being injured. You know, the laundry list, Jameis Winston, again, only his third career win uh, as a starting quarterback where he gave up a, a an interception and lost a fumble uh, in the same game. So that kind of shows you uh, kind of, of what has been happening with the Washington football team and, and a team that is very capable of beating themselves. They do that very regularly. And until there's a reason to think otherwise, Trust me, those guys watching the tape there, one buck, uh, that's what they've been seeing as a team in Washington that knows how to uh, defeat themselves. So when you have a team, I mean, again, Mike Evans, you know, O.J. Howard, Cam Bray, Leonard Fournette, Tom Brady, Tyler Johnson, that's that's a roster that a lot of NFL offenses would love to be fielding uh, in week nine of the NFL season. So the fact that this team is fielding potentially that offense while missing a whole lot of other members uh, is actually a very good thing for this team. And then from a defensive standpoint, you're not facing uh, one of the most accurate or one of the most on-time quarterbacks in the NFL. So, you know, again, you don't want to sleep on anybody. And you definitely, if you're in the coaching staff and you're Bruce Arians, uh, you're going out there telling your guys to make sure that they're on their toes to not suffer uh, what would be an amazingly uh, earth-shaking upset if, if this Washington football team were to uh, defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But any given Sunday, right, that, that's, that's the old adage. The New York Jets are winning football games here and there as well. So unless you're the Detroit Lions, it would seem you have a fighting chance. And, you know, if you get defeated, James, or if you win a game, there's one place you can go to either make yourself feel better about your loss with a nice, tasty McFlurry or go celebrate your win with all the fries and Wi-Fi and cheeseburgers you could ever ask for. And that is, of course, over at our friend's house. McDonald's is our friend. The, this episode of Locked on Bucks podcast brought to you by McDonald's. Like you said in the beginning of the episode, proudly serving communities since 1965, win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, home team or away team can go. You can recharge and you're always going to feel comfortable because you know the lay of the land. I just got done on a, with a road trip over the bye week. And I'm not going to say how many times we stopped at McDonald's, but we did stop at McDonald's quite a few times. Uh, I'm the only one that enjoys breakfast at McDonald's in my family, oh. apparently. So I'm the only one who partook in that. But the kids, that was their choice. Uh, for our first lunch breaks, it is all, all it's it, on every road trip. It's their first choice. So of course, on this road trip, it was the same as well. So do like my family does. Head over to McDonald's whether you're on a road trip, whether you're finishing a game, whether you're just out and about and you need a bite to eat. Head over to McDonald's. Big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Back now for segment two here at the Locked On Bucks podcast, our final episode of the week, final preview of the game coming up between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington football team, the six and two bucks and the two and six WFT. But James, we've got some Bucks fans, some listeners, some viewers, hopefully as well of the Locked On Bucks podcast that want to get their two cents in before the weekend comes. So let's go ahead and hear from them right now. Hey guys, it's Ken Dallin over in California again. Uh, just, couple quick things. 
Uh, one, I would hope we can get a uh, uncut version of that argument over the Saints game. Uh, two, uh, you guys, I'm, I forget if it was David or, or James, but the uh, Washington game, I w- obviously want the Bucks to win, but you've seen how the Bucks are with backup quarterbacks or quarterbacks that are supposed to be great. Um, so I'm weary of that game because it also it's a re- revenge game for, for Washington. We kicked them out last year. But they also almost got the best of us last year. So I see that game being a little bit closer. Um, and thirdly, I'm just wondering why is it that the Bucks always seem to falter or let backup quarterbacks shred them up? It boggles my mind for many years. I don't know why it is. Starter goes down, backup comes in, and the backup looks like he's elite, and the team either wins the game or gets close to winning the game, just like Washington last year. Uh, Time to hear you guys' thoughts. Have a good one. Kendall, thank you for the call. Uh, I don't think an uncut version of that argument still even exists anywhere. I think I think what was cut out was left on the cutting room floor, and it got swept up and, and thrown away. David, you're you're laughing at me. Does that mean you still have it? Yeah, I definitely still have it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that'll be some of that YouTube bonus content that we've been talking about. Um, look, I would not be weary of this game. Taylor Heineke isn't the backup. He's he's the starter. You know, they they suffered an unfortunate injury there with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he took over as the starter. And if they were, if you want to classify Taylor Heineke as as the backup, well, they took care of business against the Washington football team backup last year in the wild card round. And really, if you if you go back to the Denver game last year, David, there was a backup that came in there with the Detroit Lions. There was a backup that came in there. I think. What happened against New Orleans two weeks ago wasn't so much uh, hearkening back to the days of the Bucks always being shredded by backup quarterbacks because that was definitely a thing there for a while, uh, that stinking Case Keenum with like 18 different teams. Um, I think that became a very emotional game for the New Orleans Saints once they saw Jameis go down. And I think everybody elevated their play just a little bit more after that happened and they they kind of banded together this one's for our quarterback this was supposed to be his game we're going to go out there and we're going to win it for him um so i i wouldn't i wouldn't worry about facing taylor heineke on sunday yeah i mean you make a good point there taylor heineke is not the backup in in a sense he is the backup in a sense that you know ryan fitzpatrick was supposed to be the starter he started the season uh, by the end of the first quarter, he was injured, and we haven't seen him since. And honestly, I'm not sure that you're going to see him on the field again in 2021. And I don't know what his future holds. I don't know uh, if he's wanting to keep playing, wanting to keep coming back, and just how severe that hip injury is. Um, the the thing about backup quarterbacks, and I think it's it's always kind of interesting because there there's there's kind of a an advantage that goes into a team starting a backup quarterback for the first time, or even like the first two times. And it's because the opposing team doesn't really have a lot of film about what you're going to do with said quarterback. There's not a a game plan kind of shaped around that person and and the tendencies that they bring to the field. And that matters a little bit, you know, and and I think the Buccaneers, if you go through history, uh, sometimes it's, you know, the backup they're facing. That's the first game that backup is playing. So when you're game playing against that team, you don't know what new wrinkles you're going to face with that new quarterback in there. And then, of course, the Buccaneers in those years had some other issues going on with the team that were kind of you know, shooting themselves in the foot at the same time 
they're facing an offense that they now really have very little knowledge uh, about what to expect. So with the Taylor Heineke led Washington football team, you pretty much know what you're, what you're going to get. I mean, uh, potentially they're getting Logan Thomas back and that's going to be a huge help for them uh, if they do get him back, but you still have film on that as well. And you kind of know what a pass catching tight end brings to the field because you have a handful of them there in Tampa. So your defense has, has seen those types of things. Um, I'm, I'm not so much weary about Taylor Heineke or the backup curse or anything like that. I'm more weary, weary about uh, an attitude shift. And I don't think that this team has an attitude problem. That's not what I'm saying at all, but I could just kind of, like I mentioned in, in segment one, um, pretty much everybody. And you go back to the crossover, Chris, very, very obviously does not think that the Washington football team is going to win this game. Um, it's just, it's one of those games that you can, you can kind of see through NFL history and football history that you could see a team coming in and almost kind of taking it for granted and thinking, okay, this is our get right game. This is how we're going to fix everything that happened in new Orleans. And you come out a little bit more concerned about yourself and not so much worried about what the opponent's going to do. And then they kind of do something that kind of shakes everything loose a little bit. And that's where I get worried. But, uh, again, covering both teams, I'm not as concerned as as I would be if I wasn't covering the Washington football team. If that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and you can you can point to some great examples this season alone of of a backup going in and, and getting his first reps of the year. You take a look at it at a relatively bad Chicago Bears team. Mm-hmm. Andy Dalton goes down in his revenge game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Justin Fields comes in the the Bengals weren't prepared for Justin Fields and the bears end up going on to, to win that game. So I, I think what we're going to be seeing is a, and I said it on uh, the crossover with, with Chris Russell, we're going to see a very angry Buccaneers team that is, that is out to prove that the game against the saints was a fluke, that they're better than that. We know they're better than that. They know that they're better than that. It's going to be, there's going to be a focus on not making mistakes, not shooting yourself in the foot. And this offense, they're going to walk out there and they're going to say, it doesn't matter if we don't have AB or Gronk or Godwin. It doesn't matter. We are still talented enough to go out there and do whatever we want on offense. We're going to move the ball up and down the field. But unlike the game that Chris brought up, they're, they'll probably get more than 500 yards of offense, but they'll definitely score more than three points too. Yeah, and, and and Chris mentioned it as well. You know, the absence of Montez Sweat uh, yeah. is going to be huge. Jonathan Allen and Montez Sweat have been the two best players in that defensive line, uh, and even with them, the defensive line is not living up to expectations. So now, going with James Smith Williams or whoever they rotate in there uh, along with him to to be opposite Chase Young, it's just it's it's not going to bode well for the Washington football team. So not not a whole lot. And as far as the the revenge game thing is concerned. Uh, don't be wrong. Like if Washington wins this game, that'll be the storyline, right? Everybody who comes up to the sure. podium will talk about getting back and how they knew they could compete and all this other stuff. But the story going into the game is Washington beating Washington. Right now, again, Washington is the owner and the creator of most of their problems on offense and defense. So right now, the Washington football team is is so so much more focused on getting themselves right that they don't even have time to worry about trying to get revenge over a Super Bowl champion. Uh, that's well on their way to the postseason while Washington sits at the bottom of the NFC. So I get why you're why a Buccaneers fan would have all those storylines kind of running through their head. But given the circumstances that both these franchises are in, that's not really the storyline again, unless Washington wins, in which case then, yes, you're probably going to see somebody come up to the podium and say, yeah, you know, after after January, we knew we could get, you know, get right in this game. And that's what we wanted to come out and show everybody. But that's not the storyline coming into it. 
Uh, James, we got one more. We got time for one more voicemail. So let's hear from another Bucks fan. All right. Hello, this is uh, Anthony from California. And um, usually waiver news doesn't make a splash, you know, unless it's OBJ and um, stuff. But um, I, re- I saw that we recently signed OBJ off of waivers. And, you know, uh, he was a notable wide receiver that really carried us when a lot of people were hurt. And uh, I just wanted to get your guys' take on it. Uh, is he someone that even makes it off the practice squad with Scotty Miller coming back? I personally think it's a sneaky, really good signing, you know, someone that's already familiar with the system. And I'm generally hyped, you know, someone that if more injuries happen, then he is really going to take on a major not a major role, but he will be there. Someone that they got to look out for. Um, let me know what you think. Um, something that I'm, I'm kind of excited about. Thank you. Bye. Anthony, thank you very much for the call. Uh, I know in your call, you said that they picked up OBJ. Obviously you meant Brashad Perryman. David, I love this signing. Mm-hmm. Brashad Perryman was an impact guy for the Buccaneers in the final three games when he was with them a few years ago. Evans was out. Godwin was out. Perryman had three really good games in a row, parlayed that into a contract with the New York Jets. Um, Brady talked about him on Thursday, said that he's a a veteran guy. He already kind of knows the playbook. It's about the two of them building chemistry together. There's no doubt in my mind that Brashad Perryman gets off of the practice squad and is an active member of the roster at at some point this year, especially if we see Antonio Brown and, and Chris Godwin out for an extended period of time. Obviously, we hope that's not the case, but Perryman can can add something to this offense for sure. Oh, yeah. And we and it's kind of what we just talked about right now. You talk about adding a wide receiver to a unit who hasn't been part of this team. And, you know, yeah, he was part of the Buccaneers, but you remember that offense was led by James Winston. This is a completely different execution-wise. This is a completely different offense, but the language, the scheme, the route combinations, all those things are what Brashad Perryman already knew from his time in Tampa. So again, like Tom Brady said, it's just about him and Brashad getting on the same page and doing all those things together and then kind of getting in sync. And look, Richard Sherman came through with what, four days of, of total time being on the team, like two practices, something like that, and went out there and played. Granted, not you know all too well, but look, if AB and Chris Godwin and Rob Gronkowski don't get back, I don't know, maybe you see Brashad Perryman get activated uh, to, the, to the roster as early as this weekend. I'm not predicting it. I'm just saying crazier things have happened, like, oh, I don't know, Richard Sherman coming off the streets and, and playing an NFL game uh, as quickly as he did. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of advantages to this situation. I like the pickup. I like the signing of Brashad. And, you know, I do think that he eventually ends up on the active roster, especially as the team kind of deals with some of these injuries, because again, going back to all the LeBron James Lakers analogies that we've been making, your focus is the postseason, And, you know, again, you, you don't want to get caught up in being so focused on January football and February football that you forget to play football in November. But when you're managing the roster, managing the team, you do have to kind of keep everything in perspective. And is it as important to beat the Washington football team by 21 points running away? Or is it more important to keep those guys healthy for the postseason when you're six and two is more health. It's more important to keep those guys healthy, obviously. So if you have a guy like Rashad Perryman, if, uh, if they're running through practice and again, we, you know, media only gets to see part of the practice. I would be very surprised if Rashad Perryman and Tom Brady are not getting reps in, during the portion of practice, not available to the media to see if they can get on the same page. And also, James, how crazy is it that Brashad Perryman, really, other than Mike Evans, who Mike Evans, I think, could really connect with any quarterback, but other than Mike Evans, Brashad Perryman's really the best we've seen a receiver bond with Jameis Winston in his entire career. 
Yeah. Yeah, he certainly did. And and real quick, uh, before we move on, in that season that he had with the Buccaneers, he finished with 645 receiving yards and six touchdowns. The final three games, he had 17 receptions for 349 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah. So, you know, 349 of 645 yards and four of six touchdowns came in three games. Yeah. So if Chris Godwin's out, Antonio Brown is out, Brashad Perryman gets called up to uh, to the show, this guy can do some damage in Bruce Arians' offense that he's already played in. Uh, it's about becoming reacclimated to the offense, which really shouldn't take much time at all. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, David, before we move on to our predictions, we have to let everybody know that we're, we're going to help in this holiday season. As we approach it, we're going to help out their wallets a little bit by earning cash back for something that you have to buy anyway. And of course, we're talking about our friends over at Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and you're going to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay the astronomical full prices at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. There's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time with your bank account, PayPal, or redeem it for an e-gift card for a place like Amazon, as well as plenty of other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Wrapping things up here on a preview Friday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison on Twitter at jyarko underscore bucks at dharrison82. David, I gave my keys to the game on the crossover episode yesterday. What is your big key for this game coming up on Sunday against the Washington football team that you know so well? Uh, it's going to be containing Taylor Heineke and defending against the, the running backs in the passing game. I actually wrote this for SI.com uh, where I write about the Washington football team and JD McKissick, um, the third best running back in the national football league since 2020 in pass plays of 25 yards or more. J.D. McKissick is Washington football team's third down running back. I know you mentioned Antonio Gibson uh, in the crossover. He's been nursing a shin injury. He's going to play, but, you know, uh, the amount of action that he actually sees. Jarrett Patterson, undrafted running back out of Washington, got a career-high 11 carries in Week 8. I spoke to the Washington football team's assistant running back coach, Jennifer King, earlier this week and asked her about Jarrett Patterson if we should expect to see more action out of him, and she had nothing but great words for Jarrett, his work ethic, and what he's been able to do and how excited she is for his future. So. There is a stable of running backs there in Washington they can kind of turn to, and they've had a little bit of success. You mentioned that the Buccaneers defense has actually been susceptible to the run game a little bit more than, than we're used to seeing uh, under Todd Bowles. Not saying they're they're bad by any means. They're still one of the best, but a little bit more than we've been seeing. But Devin White's Achilles heel. We've seen it. Devin White does not do well when he's forced to cover running backs all that well in the passing game. And if you're Washington, especially if you get Logan Thomas back, if I'm Scott Turner and I'm watching this Buccaneers defense, I'm looking at where who's matched up. Who is Devin White matched up on in pass in pass coverage? If he's matched up on Logan Thomas, I want to target that. If he's matched up 
against JD McKissick. I want to target that. I want to try and see if I can't exploit that and try to see if I can't get the young linebacker to get a little bit more in his emotions like he did against New Orleans and maybe make some mistakes that, that benefit my team. So for me, it's going to come mainly from the linebacker group, but obviously I think containing Taylor Heineke as a runner. Again, Washington, I don't know what it is, but some weeks Taylor Heineke runs one time for five yards. The next week he runs eight times for 95. It's, it's, it's a mystery to me on why and how it happens. But if Taylor Heineke decides to try to be mobile and use his mobility, which you kind of feel like he's probably going to, given his experience against his defense, they got to be able to contain him and not force, not let that become a key uh, to the game. And then at the same time, defending especially J.D. McKissick out of the backfield and Logan Thomas if he plays. All right. Well, David, let's go ahead and get into our predictions, and I will kick things off with the predictive player of the game. And this might be the farthest out on a limb I have ever gone for our prediction. Shot Perryman. I like it. No. But I, and we didn't give our, our Locked on Bucks blessing of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not bold enough to do it for my predictive player of the game, but I'm going Tyler Johnson. With or without Chris Godwin, I think Tyler Johnson is looking at a big game for the Buccaneers this week. Again, I I mentioned this is the worst pass defense in the NFL. They can expose this defense with all the weapons they have on offense. Tyler Johnson has already eclipsed his number of receptions and yards for last year, and he's becoming a little bit more involved each and every week. I do think Tyler gets into the end zone for the first time this season, but I'll, I'll throw in a bold prediction into my player prediction, Tyler Johnson, his stat line will end up better than Terry McLaurin's on Sunday. Wow. That is a bold prediction, sir. All righty. Then my player of the game is going to go right into my key and honestly, it's going to go right into my bold prediction. And it's Devin white again. uh, Love the young, love the young linebacker, the captain of the team. One of the captains of the team. Um, We already know Levante David kind of pulled him aside, had the conversation. You just have to see smarter intensity, right? You can't just go off the handle and, and run around crazy. Uh, you have to be intense. You have to be emotional, but you have to be intelligent with all those things. That's kind of what separates a college linebacker from a pro linebacker. And and the last time we saw Devin White in the field, we saw a little bit more of that college linebacker come out. That's what makes him so exciting. It's what makes him so electric. It's what made the Buccaneers fall in love with him in the first place. But you're in the professional, you're in the professional league. Now you're in the NFL. You have to get back to playing NFL caliber football. I think Devin White will do that, which is what goes into my bold prediction that Devin White will have no penalties called against him, accepted or not. He will not have any penalties called against him, and he will toss in toss in for good measure as a mea culpa to his own team, a game-changing takeaway against the Washington football team. I like it. Uh, the real question is, will a referee intentionally back into Devin White just to throw a flag on him? That could happen, but I but I will tell you. I mean, listen, we we've heard, we talked to guys like Ryan Jensen before, right? Like these referees talk, and they're and they're yeah. paying attention. So coming off of what Devin White just did against the New Orleans Saints, like this officiating crew is going to have their eyes on number forty five, and if he gives them a reason to start focusing on him and say, "Hey, big fellow, you need to you need to tone it back a little bit," they will not be afraid uh, to throw a flag on him. So he needs to be aware of what he's he's walking into. 100%. All right, my bold prediction, I'm going to stick with my theme of picking on the Washington football team's pass defense. I, I can't choose him as my predictive player of the game because he's off limits, but my bold prediction is that Tom Brady will have over 400 passing yards, five touchdowns, mm. no turnovers, and mm. will not be sacked mm. in this game. It is going to be beginning to end 
absolute domination by this Buccaneers offense. Again, even missing half of their weapons, they're still going to get the job done. They're out to make a statement and uh, to wash the uh, the bad taste of the Saints game out of their mouth after stewing on it for the last two weeks. Brady is going to explode in this one, which leads me to my score prediction. David, the Bucs are currently sitting at minus 10. Take the Bucs minus the 10 if you are going to be betting on this one. Give me the Bucs 38-13. Yeah, and I'll say the the no sacks is not that bold of a prediction when you're talking about the Washington football team defense. The defense has they not have. been getting to the quarterback very much uh, this season in total. They've done better over the last few weeks, but they have not been doing much. So I'm glad that you did the no sacks in addition to all the other things because the no sacks by itself, not very bold. Now, when I was researching for my my game preview article that will drop on Bucks Nation at mm. uh, 9 o'clock Friday morning, the Washington football team has more sacks as a team than Tampa Bay does. Yeah, but the Buccaneers pass rush hasn't been getting sacks a whole lot either. But that's a that's a totally different conversation that we don't have time for in this episode. Jonathan Allen really is, is the guy. With Montez Sweat out, Jonathan Allen's a guy. So look at Ryan Jensen, Alex Kapp, and Ali Marpet, uh, and Leonard Fournette, maybe Ronald Jones, whoever's in pass pro uh, there in the backfield to, to help him. And then other than that, I don't want to say you don't have to worry about anybody else, but there's not a whole lot else going on with that pass rush. Uh, my score prediction, James, is going to be 31-21. Tampa Bay does not cover the spread because if they're favored by 10 and they win by 10, it's a push. Nobody wins. The house doesn't win. You don't win. But it is what it is. Uh, and just to uh, to put my money where my mouth is, I guess, so to speak, uh, while you were telling all of our great listeners and viewers about Get Upside, I was busy picking up Rashad Perryman in both of my fantasy leagues. So not going to start him, okay, this week, but I am putting him on my bench. I'm stashing him in case the Buccaneers do need to lean on him a little bit more. If Chris Godwin doesn't play Sunday, I will 100% pick up and start Tyler Johnson. Uh, I will screenshot it and tweet it out as proof that I did it. I got guys. I got guys sitting on my bench. Like I I will start Tyler Johnson over Julio Jones. Yeah. Tyler Johnson also very effective from the blue line. I hear that it, I miss Tyler Johnson. (laughs) Sorry, I had to. You're wearing all the lightning gear. Tyler Johnson's name has been dropped like six times. I know. I, I miss him almost as much as I miss Yanni Gord. Yeah. <sighs> With that, let's get out of here before I start crying. Uh, thank you to Kendall and Anthony for the voicemails. If you want to call in after the game and leave us a voicemail or send us an email with your thoughts, your reactions, all those, all those wonderful, wonderful things. Give us a call at 813-444-5841 or send us an email to LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com. And thank you to each and every one of you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch every day, free and available on all platforms. Make sure you're subscribing to the YouTube channel. But for your second listen of the day, make it the Locked On Bets Podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on bets hosted by your boy Q and expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Check out everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at Locked on Bucks at JRCO underscore Bucks at D Harris 82 and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. We will see you Monday. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to one another. We thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.